0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This is quarterback Sawyer Payton, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Locked On Auburn. Coach Horst and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy.
0: You are Locked
1: On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining us today, Lance Daw, how are you? What it do, baby? What's up? I love that the Open now contains multiple... Inside jokes slash memes from within the pod. I love that. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love it so much. Yeah. I I think it's great. Especially once we get councils and, and shivers. I think that will be great. So, um, that should be coming. Lance, you are now kind of my right hand man, my dude at, uh, at auburnwire.com. So we, uh, this is our first official week doing this and it's been pretty cool. Part of USA today. You can check out all of our coverage at auburnwire.com, but, I love alliteration, I love features, I love weekly segments, and so we're going to try something. We're going to try this being um, Wired Wednesdays, Auburn I Wire, maybe, maybe, yes, let's yes, try it. I love that. Let's yeah, try Wired it.
1: Wednesdays, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's I wanna, go, baby.
0: And uh, we'll highlight some of the things that we have on the side as well as just other things going on. So one of the things I want to start with today, Lance, and you wrote this story at Auburn Wire But the headline, I think, is awesome. It is, Auburn's offensive line, dot, 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 is the best in the SEC, question mark? Is that something you thought you'd be writing? No, no, not at all. And actually, uh, it's not my personal opinion, but
1: it was something interesting. Uh, I found it's an SB Nation site. It was actually an LSU fan that wrote an article grading uh, all the offensive lines in the SEC. And he had Auburn at one one it is absolutely wild to me auburn at one
0: on the offensive line that's crazy yeah
1: and alabama at two and his his uh blurb for alabama is like yeah alabama's got a pretty good offensive line as well but like it's not as good as like auburn's and like run blocking and stuff like i was like what
0: what come on yeah and this guy's name is steven baker the website is and the valley shook which is an interesting name for a blog but i think that's really cool do you Actually, yeah, yeah, because it's. I was about to make fun of it. You like it? It's
1: Death Valley, and so he's probably. It's in reference to probably some really big LSU game, and some somebody probably said something to the effect of. And the valley Valley shook. Shook." Okay,
0: that's fair. That could be epic if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, here here's a description, and you quoted it. Uh, this is Stephen Baker writing. Something I harp on nearly every year when I do these ratings is, in all caps. No one knows anything about line play. (laughs) It's the hardest position group to evaluate, and I find the narratives do not match up well to actual performance. A common refrain in preseason previews so far has been that Auburn needs to improve their line play, and dot, 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 that's crazy. It is one of the best lines in the SEC already. The Tigers averaged 2.95 ALY and 5.53 sacks per 100 attempts, both in the top uh, part of the conference, Additionally, they return four starters in 89 career starts. They are near the top of every metric, and almost everyone is coming back, including star center Nick Brahms. Okay. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Words I would not use. Let's just say that. All right. Let's start um, with the
1: first thing that I noticed whenever I read that, that he got wrong. It's actually later in the in the paragraph. We Auburn brings back five starters. It's not four. It's actually five, right, because you're going to – you're going to uh, count Brandon Council, right? Of course, we're going to count count Brandon Council.
0: Well, you you, you count Council, but even if he was counting Keandre Jones, like Keandre Jones was a starter last year, right? So um, I don't know where he got that, but I guess I guess he's assuming that did Troxel start a game last year? I don't think he did. I don't I don't think so. I
1: so maybe that's
0: so. it. Maybe he's assuming Troxel will start because Alec Jackson's kind of disappeared. So.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that that will started last season.
0: So I think then when you look at it, it's like okay, the argument in regards to to starts is is fine. I right. get that experience is great, and you know, offensive line is all about a unit. It's not just like you know individual dudes. It's how you gel together. So that's something right. else. And uh, cor-
1: correction, correction. He actually did start. Made his first start at Alabama, then was a starter against A&M, Mississippi State, Northwestern.
0: Okay, so Troxelles. he finished the year. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, so then the, Auburn does bring back five starters, no matter how you swing it. Stephen, you're wrong. Next. We're yeah. going to the next one. Um, I think we overhype experience sometimes.
1: I think you I think we really do because if I'm Vanderbilt and I'm bringing back every single guy from a team that went 0 and 12.
0: Yeah, if you're bringing back 17 starters, it's yeah. like, well,
1: I'm not You should be a little better. That. Yeah. Yeah, you should be a little better, but I don't think you're you're world beaters, you know. Um, and When you look at Auburn's offensive line, it's like pro football focus is also somebody I think you have to look at. Whenever he says no one knows anything about line play, is like, I've never heard of Stephen Baker up until I saw this article. I was like, is he the only guy that knows about line play? Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure PFF's got some good stuff out there saying that Auburn's not that great. I think a lot of
0: people know about offensive line play. I, I, I disagree with that, especially if you had a good offensive line the year before and you bring back four or five starters or three or five starters. And the stats that he is choosing to grade Auburn by are important stats, but they are very misleading. And I think this is why Pro Football Focus is good at what they do is because if, if Bo Nix is pressured and he leaves the pocket and he makes a throw out of bounds or he just you know kind of heaves it up where it's going to be a, an incomplete pass, it's not a sack. And the offensive line is like, cool. We didn't get a sack. Bonix is very good at avoiding pressure. Sometimes right. he bailed out way before he needed to, but still, he didn't get sacked. He doesn't get sacked a lot. And so, him choosing to grade Auburn's offensive line by sack rate and experience are two things where it's like, yeah, that is true. That is true. Now, did they move guys consistently last year? No. Not consistently. I mean, they definitely had their games. That LSU game is interesting, and it's an LSU rider. And so, you know, if he's basing on Auburn, you know, the one game that he watched, uh, yeah. assuming he just watches LSU primarily, like Auburn did look good. Auburn's offensive line did look good in that game. So maybe these are all kind of factors that play into it. But still, like, putting them at one, I mean, that's pretty bold. That's a pretty bold move to to put them above Alabama and Georgia. I mean, all right, and, and Texas a and M. I I mean, those were... Um, Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I don't think you're. Gonna, I don't think you're going to see many more people do that. But I thought that was an interesting take. All right, Lance Dahl joining me today. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action out at BetOnline.ag. And when you go and make your account, be sure to use promo code LockedOn. L o c k e d o n. Promo code LockedOn for uh, your 50% welcome bonus when you make that first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The NCAA
1: tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Continuing on, Lance Daw, as we uh, continue this Wired Wednesday, I wrote a film room on Demetrius Davis talking about how special he can be at Auburn. And I've, I've criticized freshman version of Demetrius Davis um, from time to time and drew some criticism. And, and I don't really know why. Um, my stance has always been, and it still is, he's not a day one passer in the SEC. Right. But what he did at A-Day, there's four or five plays, and I I point them out. There's four or five plays where it's like, okay, this guy has traits, and if he can pull it all together, he can be a really, really special player um, by the time he's done at Auburn. And I think the timing of quarterbacks is interesting as far as, like, is Finley the guy after Bo? What about Garner? Like... I don't know what that looks like, but Auburn's in a good situation where they've got a lot of good quarterbacks in their room with a bunch of upside, and I don't know if Davis will ever be a starter at Auburn, but if he is, and if he is developed the way he possibly could be developed, a lot of upside.
1: Yeah, a lot of upside for a guy that I think definitely deserves to get his shot in this offense. It's really a shame, I think, that Finley uh, is in the quarterback room because I don't know if we'll ever get to see Uh, Demetrius Davis uh, get his his true shot because like you said Jaren are coming in next season I mean by the time that Bonix graduates Jaren will be a sophomore Finley will be a junior Davis will be he'll be a he'll be a junior as well so the quarterback competition is definitely going to be there it's just what I don't know if Davis would be able to come out on top that being said if Malzahn was still here and Finley had not transferred in, people would be calling for Davis to be the starting quarterback week one against Akron. I feel like, I feel like some part of the fan base would be saying that because this guy, I think he would perform well in a Gus Malzahn offense. Cause of his legs. I think that, and then as also something else that you mentioned in your article, I think he he was a really good decision maker. Something out of, that I believe Nick Marshall was as his yeah. time progressed at Auburn, he was really really good decision maker with the football, and I think that's something that would be incredibly valuable in a Malzahn offense that's just kind of that one read and then panic kind of thing. So I think yeah. Davis would definitely shine. I think both his legs and his decision-making.
0: Yeah, and he does this, and he's a freshman, and a lot of coaches are going to coach their younger quarterbacks to do this. But as soon as he gets the ball, and I give examples in the article at auburnwire.com, as soon as he gets the ball, he makes a first read. If it's not there, he tucks in and and he steps forward. But something that I like about Davis is when he's moving around behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of folks... And I think even Bo Nix does this from time to time. As soon as they get into scramble mode, scramble to survive and extend the play mode, they have in the back of their mind that they're just going to run. They, right? you know, they may kind of move the ball around to do a fake, you know, a pump fake or something like that. But you can tell in their mind they are going to run the ball, Davis. You saw this when he was at North Shore in high school, and I think you saw it in glimpses of a day is when he's moving around behind a lot of scrimmage, his eyes are still downfield, and he's ready to uh, to get rid of the football if something opens up. I like that. I like that a ton. And he's got a cannon to where I think if a play breaks down enough and a guy breaks uh, breaks open downfield 40 yards, I think he's got the arm strength to get there. It's the little things that I think he's going to have to take uh, take more time to bring everything together, like... You know, his first read was a slant later in A-Day. Um, it was a fourth down play, so I give him some benefit right. of the doubt here to, to make, like, he was forcing a very bad throw. Now he just flat-out misses the guy. Like, it's very far behind him, and against a good defense, it probably would have been a pick six. But it's fourth and three. Your team was down. I get it. I get the throw. Um, the execution could have been better, but I, I the like I said, the decision-making is great, and I've said it before, like, I don't think he's a day-one passer, but... I mean, there was a play where he's under center. I talked about it with J-Boy when he came on the show last week. He's under center. He does the play action, and then he steps into a throw, and it's a very tight window, and it's beautiful. It's perfect. It makes you tear up a little bit because you're like, oh, my gosh. What this guy could possibly be is really, really special. So, uh, yeah, that was my first film room on uh, the Auburn Wire, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do one on D-Davis.
1: I absolutely love it. And I loved your, your film rooms, film rooms on Twitter. I love the 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 GIF threads, the GIF threads, whatever you want to call them. I think they're fantastic. I say Jeff. Okay, Jeff, let's call it. But I really like
0: peanut butter. So I
1: I feel that. I feel that. But something else I to note note about Davis is for based on what we saw on North Shore and based on what we saw in A-Day, like you mentioned, he's a selective runner. That's something else that Nick Marshall was really good at is choosing whenever to run at the right time. And he was really, really good at picking holes. He had great downfield vision whenever he was running the ball and throwing the ball as well. So he's definitely a guy that has a lot of promise. Again, it's it's not like he was a four-star quarterback for no reason, right? especially coming out of Texas, I mean, that is hard to do in such a talented state. So he's definitely a guy that uh, a year or so from now, I believe definitely deserves a shot at the starting quarterback job.
0: Can I say a take that um, I think you'll agree with? And I promise I'm not saying this in response to your comments. I'm just saying in general, because you're not the only person that says this. I don't think Auburn fans appreciate Nick Marshall enough because every time an athletic Slightly undersized quarterback comes in. They're like, up! Oh, here comes Nick Marshall. Here comes Nick Marshall. Up! Oh, we're going to use this guy like Nick Marshall. And it's like, I don't think people fully appreciate how special Nick Marshall was at Auburn and how special that 2013 and 14 offenses were with him there. I mean, he right. did so much. So much of the little things as far as, you know, manipulating, uh, you know, players with his eyes as well as, you know, his ball fakes and things like that. I just think there's so many people that really, really don't appreciate what Nick Marshall brought to an offense in 2013 and 2014. I just, I just want to put that out there.
1: So it's something that uh, me and my, my co-host and I, Noah Gardner, on, on the line on ESPN 106.7, we've actually – I talked about that recently, and I talked about it briefly in the article that I wrote for Auburn, Wire the three best things to happen to Auburn in the last decade? And I specifically cited that 2013 Texas A&M game because that's the game where Marshall figured it out. Yeah. Up until that point, he was not comfortable throwing the football. He wasn't making a whole lot of decisions. The offense had just as many turnovers as it had touchdowns against Power 5 competition – and it was struggling. And then he comes into college station and he beats the number seven team in the country. And that was the game that he figured it out. And it's you're we're never going to see another quarterback like Nick Marshall. Like even a Malzon offense and a non Malzon offense, I don't think we're gonna see a guy like him ever again. He was truly, truly special.
0: And it was the perfect storm also of timing in the college football world when that offense was still kind of new. Now you see it all over the place, but Yep. Just specifically his skill set, what he was good at. Malzahn using his offense before the rest of the conference and the rest of college football figured it out, uh, as well as just the current state of uh, the SEC. I mean, that's really when defenses in the SEC started taking a step back too. You know, in comparison to you know how good offenses were about to get. So I think there's a lot of really special things that happened in 2013 that we just totally, totally overlook, and that's okay. I just think it's um it's worth noting. You know what else is worth noting, Lance, is uh, how good of a deal you can get on your auto uh, auto parts at rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend more money when you can choose to spend less money at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. And write Locked On Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com, and also, we love our friends at Built Bar, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, yes, ever, and I know you hear me say this all the time, I mean it, they've got so many different flavors, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, Lance, aren't you glad that you tried a Built Bar?
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah, bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, most of these bars have 17 or 18 grams of protein, very low in calorie count, low in sugar count, low in net carbs. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com I feel a little like um, I should wait on Lindsey Crosby to do this segment, but... The MLB draft is wrapped up, and I think we at least need to mention, you know, and say congrats to some of these guys. So Ryan Bliss went in the second round, 42nd pick overall to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Calvin Ziegler, uh, he went second round, uh, 46 overall. Uh, he is a pitcher, um, one of the top Canadian guys in, um, in, uh, in the draft, and so he was, he was committed to come to Auburn. We'll see what, if he signs or not, if he's made that announcement. I haven't seen it yet. Richard Fitz, of course, uh, pitcher. He got drafted by the Yankees in the sixth round. Tyler Miller, uh, first baseman for Auburn. I believe the uh, the Boston Red Sox, uh, they drafted him in the ninth round, but I believe the Red Sox actually have him listed when they drafted him as a third baseman. So that's interesting. Steven Williams, uh, catcher and outfielder. He, uh, he was drafted in the 18th round. And then Riggs Threadgill, who is a pitcher, um, he spent a season at LSU and then he transferred to Juco and he had three years of, uh, college experience, but he was, um, committed to the Tigers 19th, um, round draft pick. So less guys getting drafted than I thought less guys getting drafted than Lindsay talked about a little bit on Monday and a lot of the Auburn beat that covers baseball. They kind of had a few more names in there as well. in the MLB draft tracker, um, MLB.com draft tracker that they had, they had several Auburn guys listed that did not get drafted. And so we'll see if they sign any kind of deals or if they choose to come back. Uh, I think there's a good mix of guys that if they chose to come back, uh, it could really help Butch Thompson's team next year.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this. I, I would much rather get Lindsey's take on <laughs> on uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the guys that got drafted, but I'll say this. I don't know a whole lot about college baseball. I don't know a whole lot about the MLB draft. Um, but I will say this, the fact that Auburn had that many players, you said that you didn't think it was that many compared to what y'all were, you and Lindsay were talking about, but the fact that Auburn had four or five players drafted off of that team last year, that was not as successful as some people might've hoped I thought was impressive. And I'm really excited for guys like bliss and Miller and Williams. I'm just, I'm excited to see what they can do. Bliss probably is the most legitimate prospect out of the four or five that got drafted. No doubt. I'm excited to see what he does in Arizona. Um, I was talking to one of our interns here at ESPN 1067 earlier. He thinks he's going to be an all-star. He thinks he's a 10 year guy in the the league. I I don't know. I I don't know exactly what his trajectory is like in in terms of like getting to that point, but I definitely think he's going to be a talent. So I'll I'll just say that I'm really excited for the guys that got drafted.
0: Lance, you and I will not get the chance to talk on this podcast again until next week, until I mean, we'll be a good ways through media days next time. um, My next podcast with you goes up, but what are you expecting sec wide next week for media days? You and Noah will be up there. Um, also, what are you expecting from Auburn?
1: Well, I'm really excited to see what Brian Harson has to say in his first time at SEC Media Days. Um, he's he was kind of known the moment that he was brought on at Auburn as a guy that wasn't exactly hyped up about speaking to the media. You know, obviously you, we heard the terms that he's thrown out at Boise, like twittyots and things like that. I think it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely fantastic stuff. I love the way that he handles the media. And I think he's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles questions about Alabama and Georgia. It's something that you and Kyle were talking about on the podcast the other day. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that because there are going to be a barrage of questions from different, uh, from different people from the Atlanta area and from different people across Alabama that want to really kind of push him around a little bit and push his buttons and and really see if he can take all these different questions because they're going to be brought up and they're legitimate. So I'm interested to see how those questions are handled. And then I'm also interested to see how he handles questions about Bo Nix and this receiver room, because those both of those two positions really need time to develop. Uh, I think Bo Nix still needs some, still needs this offseason desperately to kind of get some things worked out and gets his mechanics under control. So it's going to be interesting to see what he says about those guys and their progression. And then at SEC wide, I'm interested to see what some of these new coaches think. Clark Lee, Eli Drinkwitz, uh Sam Pittman, uh, all their first uh SEC media days, I believe it's going to be interesting to see what those guys have to say and how excited they are to uh to lose to everybody else this season. And I'm also, I talked about this a little bit with on your podcast with Kyle, I'm interested to see what LSU's coordinators, how they're spoken about. Because I didn't hear about any of them. And I don't trust Ed Ogeron to uh, carry the load himself. I think there are a lot of issues on LSU this Dude, season.
0: I just don't see it. I, I've said I it a million it. times. I do not see LSU being good this year.
1: Right. Uh, also, I'm going to be interested to see what uh, Dan Mullen says about Emory Jones, the quarterback whisperer. It's going to be interesting to see how excited he is for Jones to finally step into the starting role. It feels like he's been in the SEC for like five or six years. Yeah,
0: I was about to say the same thing. It seems like he's been around for a minute, but He's got traits, and if anybody can make him good, it's it's Mullet. Florida's lost a good bit, though. I kind of wonder if they uh, if they bounce back. We always try to make the East sound more exciting than it really is. Yeah, and so people are like, "Oh, maybe Missouri, maybe Missouri can go on a run." It's like, hey, yeah. look,
1: Kentucky might have a quarterback. They could go nine and three. Thanks, twenty four seven. Appreciate yeah. that one. Right. And I think also uh, to your point about Florida, you know, Phil Steele didn't even have him in their in his top twenty five at all. Really didn't even have them there. It's interesting. That's juicy.
0: That is juicy. It's very juicy. (laughs) Thanks Phil. Appreciate it. Uh, Lance, where can people find you, hear you and read you? They can follow me on Twitter at Dawl Pound.
1: They can read some of the articles I'm putting out at Auburn Wire. On, uh, it's a USA Today website. And then yes, they can listen is. to me and my co-host Noah Gardner on the line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m.
0: Yes, follow me on Twitter at Z Black. be the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. Me and Lance, AuburnWire.com, as well as uh, JD McCarthy writing with us as... Well, we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.